Welcome, comrades, to the Atomic Setup Experiment. I am Pierre, and joining me, as always, is Tara. Greetings, comrades. There you go. This is a science fiction movie podcast. Every week we get together, we watch, we watch the movie, we talk about the movie. It's really that simple. Uh, something in the science fiction genre. The oeuvre. The something else. Sounds fancy. I don't know. What, what, why I'm emphasizing the French words and the movie review of a Russian film, I'm not entirely sure. But we are here today to talk about Sputnik, which is a film from this year. It's a new release, but it's a new release coming from Russia. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, so it's a foreign film, uh, shaking things up a little bit. Uh, we'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers, so we'll start spoiler-free as we always do. Uh, the general premise of Sputnik is an astronaut comes back to Earth after a mission. It's uh, set in 1983, so we're kind of in that sort of tail end of the, the Cold War. And mm-hmm. But he brings something back down with him. There's an entity that's attached them, ta- attached itself to him. Uh, so it's a you know, bit of an alien kind of parasite, symbiote kind of story. Uh, it largely revolves around the sort of research base that he's been held held in and these these the... the the, the doctor who's brought in to try and figure out what's going on and see if they can separate him from the the creature and, and so on and so on so that that's the general gist of the, the the film's premise so tara what did you make of sputnik i thought it was quite good actually i liked it i uh i i thought it was just about good mm-hmm. just about good i wouldn't say like overly good or great or anything like that but I, I would say that I, I definitely didn't regret watching it. it there's definitely some interesting like comparisons to make with like western movies like this is this is something that happens like every so often when you get to see a film from a completely different culture and obviously this is not a film made in the time of soviets but you know russia's still mm-hmm. pretty different it's kind of fascinating kind of exploring this and seeing like you know what is it saying what are the themes what are, what are the characters like what are their journeys and their arcs and it still seems to be, you know, poking at the Soviet Union. The whole um, secrecy part of it, the uh, the people who are are not really being told everything they need to be told, and the, uh, the just the coldness of the atmosphere. Everything's really stark and it's colorless. Oh yeah, I drab. mean, there's maybe like three smiles in the entire movie yeah uh, <laughs> no one's smiling it's it's so drab and depressing yeah and yeah everyone's I mean, dead it's a serious downer, but it's also the time of you know the soviets and i think this takes place in kazakhstan does that sound right uh well no most of the movie doesn't but that's where the the shuttle lands that's at the start of the oh, movie okay. that's where the shuttle lands yeah uh I thought, which... I thought they were still sticking around that area i mean I'll be honest, Borat has ruined the country of Kazakhstan for, for me. That's, I'm surprised you haven't brought it up already. Because as soon as it said Kazakhstan, in my head I'm like, half half. Like, so immediately <laughs> my mind just goes to Borat. And I'm sure people from Kazakhstan hate that their country is now yes. associated with this character. Much like the people of Scotland hate Mike Myers. <laughs> well, luckily there's enough Scottish characters that are notable in fiction that that didn't you know, linger too much, although Fat Bastard is a horrible and offensive thing, and we will not speak of it no more. Um, but luckily we have a lot of other uh, exports. Well, actually exports. I mean, Mike Myers is not an export. He's just doing an accent in the prick. 
I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I don't really have a lot of a lot of familiarity with uh, Russian cinema. I suppose some Russian directors that came to America to make movies, but just like movies from that area, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this might be my first. Yeah, we definitely have some that we'll get to at some point. Obviously, Solaris, for example, is a, <laughs> a, big, a big, one. big example. But yeah, I mean, it's, I haven't seen a ton of Russian movies. <laughs> I've seen a, <laughs> a few at best. Uh, what's actually really notable is the poster for this. It's, it's kind of like the astronaut silhouette with like a flare in front, of, like behind him or in front of him. But there's like a shadow of the creature, sort of like bigger, like towering over him. What I think is really funny is that the shadow on its own looks like a gremlin yeah. <laughs> from, from Gremlins. And... I mean, the actual creature doesn't, but the shadow does, just on the shape. Uh, so Yeah. I like the creature design, actually. I thought it looked mm. pretty good. Very slimy. Yeah. Yeah. We like that, though, right? In our alien designs. Oh, I'm not against slimy. I mean... Yeah, lots of KY jelly. And- <laughs> yeah. The, the, the xenomorph is also a very slimy... Right. Yeah, very slimy exactly. creature. So I'm, not, I'm definitely not complaining about the sliminess. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the CGI wasn't bad on it either. I mean, I imagine they had some practical effects for for the, for the creature. Like they might have had a puppet for a lot of the shots, but I thought it looked pretty good. Ah, for the most part, I mean, it's just not like a super effects heavy movie outside of the creature itself. Everything else is pretty, you know, grounded and whatever. Yeah, uh, that that's kind of the one thing that sticks out. But if, yeah, for the most part, it looks pretty good. So it doesn't feel like it's. I don't know. Uh, that's almost just like a. Like a like a really shitty thing to say, but sometimes I'll watch like a, a foreign movie. Maybe not so much now, but I'm thinking more like 10, 15 years ago. Like other countries started trying to do like bigger budget movies. And I mean, obviously tons of American movies have bad CGI, but it was just really notable that like, you know, the one big example that, you know, whatever country had of the, this is their attempt at a big budget movie. And you'd look at the CG and go, uh, <laughs> you're trying, <laughs> like you're trying. And I, I appreciate it. I never. Or felt... you get like so much C- CGI, like uh, what was that one we did? The Wandering Earth from China. Oh, yeah. I mean, the CG in that was pretty good, but it was it, good. It was just a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> yes, uh, it was very over the top, uh, and and concept and CG and everything. Yeah, uh, and that one kept cutting so so often that you couldn't like even when he got like really good shots, you couldn't like really stay on it for very long. <laughs> this is actually the opposite of that movie in a lot of ways because it's very oh, yeah, definitely. stripped down. It's one more or less one location and Yeah, every- just a couple of characters. Yeah. Like four characters that you're following really. Yeah, pretty much. So uh that's the, the general idea. I uh so just to cover some other stuff and spoiler free here, we have you know, acting, music, uh, direction, the usual the usual things. Uh which one of those made you laugh there, Tara? <laughs> I hate to bring it up because I feel like I always bring it up, but I don't like the music that much. Yeah, Tara doesn't like music in movies. Apparently, this is <laughs> becoming a trend that we're noticing. It's just you know a lot of these, a lot of the shots in this one are very like dramatic and uh, almost like or horrifying. Like you can you can go back and forth, but the movie is determined to be a blockbuster action film according to the music. It doesn't fit. It's not like so because uh, uh, you kind of made a comment about this to me off show, and my response was I can kind of see what you're saying. There's definitely some points, especially towards the end, where it's kind of doing like an almost Hans Zimmer esque uh, thing mm-hmm. where it's going done done, 
And it's maybe a little over the top of what it's doing, but what I said to you is that after Cosmos, this doesn't feel that egregious to me. No, Cosmos is like, if we actually do start doing awards, there has to be the Cosmos Awards for music, for misplaced music. <laughs> yeah, for, for music that's maybe punching above its weight class a little bit. Um, right. I mean, you can give it to this one if you want, if you want to give Sputnik the Cosmos Award for... for <laughs> I think Cosmos gets two two awards that we can give to things. It's over the, the, the overuse of, like, ex, you know, epic music for a movie that doesn't fit it, and also egregious use of hats. <laughs> And I don't think there's a yeah, single no, hat in this no, movie. We don't get any hats. Yeah, no hats in it's this because it's such a military, you know, environment. I think some of the guards may be wearing helmets, but that's like a bit of, helmets. That doesn't yeah. count, even yeah. though they all match. I mean, the helmet's a type of hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely in the hat family. I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I think the acting is pretty good. Um, I especially like the two leads. Uh, she feels very much of that, of that time, of that world. She's very stoic and um, uh, she like being, the astronaut. Yeah, she being the, the doctor who is brought in Ta- to... Tan- Tanya? Tanya for sure, but uh, Tatiana is the, the full... Ta- Tatiana. Uh, I am not going to do well on these names. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the astronaut who's obviously got the creature uh, is Vezhnikov. 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 Yeah, I'll say that. Vezhnikov. I'll say astronaut. <laughs> and then you've got the the, sort of the more sinister colonel who's running the whole like operation and the, the experiments. Oh, he's not your friend? What? He's not your friend? Sinister colonel. He's not a good guy? What is this joke that you're making right? I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> he's just so obviously like the bad guy. Oh, sure, yeah. Even though uh, the, most of the movie he's playing good guy. Uh, Semiradov is his name, but again, we could call him the Colonel, uh, just to make life simple. Uh, and then the sort of the fourth character, who's not as prominent, but there's another scientist who was there first, uh, called Rigel. Um and he's there. He's he's kind of mad because it's like he like they brought in another doctor, so he's like, "Wow, I want my Nobel Prize." Uh, me, me, me. Uh, you brought in a woman to he- <laughs> help me, an esteemed yeah. scientist. Yeah, there's some definite, like, sexism going on with his character. Um, but I thought I remember when we were when we were talking about Chernobyl, the miniseries, um, reading that the Soviet Union actually had quite a lot of female scientists and women in predominantly male jobs in other parts of the world. Like, they were kind of ahead of the game there. Uh, I think comparatively, I don't think it... I, I don't remember it being, like, you know, 50-50 with the men, but more than other places mm-hmm. yeah uh so uh, that, that's kind of our main our main crew uh a lot of it's kind of the you know the psychology stuff the science stuff the uh the moral stuff that comes into question which we can't really talk about till spoilers but there are some sort of moral gray areas that kind of crop up as the, mm-hmm. as the story unfolds um um but i i, I you know i, I think if I have to fault the, the the film overall for something, it would it would be that I don't know if it necessarily like I don't know if the emotional hook of caring about the the, the leads and like the because you know by the time we get we get to the ending, I think the film kind of rides on the idea of giving a shit about them, and I I don't know if it quite succeeds in that. Like you know by the time it gets to the, all this the action stuff that happens in the last like half an hour. 
I'm kind of like, okay, this is fine, and it's done its job well enough, and I've kind of, I've been into watching it, but and I think by the end, I'm kind of like, I'm not super engaged, so it, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it comes off as a decent streaming movie, but not one that I think I would mm-hmm. say is, is, is particularly good in the sense that, oh, you have to watch this because it's, it's, you know, doing all these crazy things, or it's, you know, so I, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it tries, it tries to have some deep messages, um, whether or not it succeeds, Totally. Uh, I don't know. I, I did like some of the twists that we got at the end of the film. Uh, it's not like a whole lot of twists, but um, the ones that we got, I thought were, were decent. You know, I didn't expect one of them. Uh, the, and... That's the thing. There is a twist at the end. There is actually a twist that... Because there's, there's, a, there's a sort of weird kind of subplot of scenes that start coming into the film, like halfway through. Mm-hmm. And you... Yeah, they kind of pull a twist at the end, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Because I was wondering what those were. Like, why are we doing this? Like, what is this series of scenes that we're getting? Uh, Yeah. It has to do with character arcs. Yes. Yes. More than that in spoilers. But, uh, yeah. I mean, also, it maybe suffers a little bit from the location. Because even though I love a good bottle movie, the location they're at is so kind (laughs) of... I was going to say it was lacking character, but uh, blah might be a way to put that. Yes. I think it could have been... I mean, you can make a blah environment look... um, Not not like look jazzy, but I think maybe the the music helps with the tone or just the way it's directed and you're focusing on the characters a bit, a, a little bit extra. It doesn't have to be a blah environment. Yeah. I don't know. But I, th- I think we can get into spoilers, or we can talk about the, uh, the the you know the, the full plot the of the movie. So, uh, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. If I can find where my mouse is, there it is. Uh, <laughs> I've got a large resolution monitor. Okay, so it's it's technically I think you crossed over our Ace logo. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Uh, so they can't see that in this. You can see that in your feed. That's okay. not going to be on the recording. Just look like an extra star, or like a spaceship going through our stars. <laughs> uh, so thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palisades, David Short, Born Now, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, and Brett Williams. That is our Patreon producers for the month of September. So thank you very much for being Patreon producers. Uh, that means they're all patrons at $20 or more, and that's why they get that credit. But you don't have to support us for that much, do you, Tara? Why no? If you enjoy our show and want to get more of it, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. With your support of $1 per month, you will get access to bonus episodes of The Ace, so you can see what our thoughts are on some classic B-movies like Free Jack, Trancers, Time Cop. Please check that out. And if you donate $5 per month, you... We'll be able to get access to the Ace episodes one day early, plus a bunch of other bonuses. So, please check it out. Thank you. Very good. Are you making that face the whole time? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I was looking at the camera. All right. <laughs> that was me thinking I might throw her off with a dumb face, and she wasn't even looking at me. Okay. Well. Yep. Good to know for the future. I'll just have to make more noise. Um. So. Yeah, spill spoilers then. Sabotage. 
Uh, full spoilers for Sputnik from this point on. Uh, so the movie actually opens in space. It opens with uh, uh, Vezhnikov and his co-pilot or co-astronaut, uh, whatever the correct term may be there. Uh, and they're sitting in their... their uh, Maybe his Sputnik? Maybe? Because the word Sputnik, according to the trivia on IMDb, translates to, like, traveling companion. I mean, it makes sense for the themes of the movie. Tara was really excited <laughs> about telling everyone that. She thought that was a really good fact. Um, well, I mean, there's two there's two things on the trivia, and that's one of them. <laughs> I mean, it's a fairly easy one to confirm. I have much to work with. Admittedly. Because you can just Google, what does Sputnik mean? And I'm sure Google will confirm my link, if that's... I'm not comparing myself to Google. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just here to read the trivia and read it back to you guys. <laughs> I don't know why, but the way you said that, I said, you know, in Galaxy Quest, when Sigourney Weaver is like just repeating what the computer says, it Look, says I've got like, one job here. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> stupid, but I'm gonna do it. <laughs> uh, so that's really like, uh, and it's it's just a little bit to get us to know the two characters. It is worth mentioning though that uh, our main character does mention that he's got business to take care of in another city when he gets back which is kind of something that's followed up on later mm -hmm. on uh but we see the aftermath of them landing uh and i say landing more, more of a crash <laughs> in kazakhstan uh with one of them looking dead we find it later not actually fully dead but like pretty in bad shape uh, you know one thing that's really cool about this though is uh like when you watch the Americans come back into space, they always land in water, mm -hmm. but Russians land on land. That's insane to me. Maybe, maybe this is why the Americans don't land on land because there's more risk of crashing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the Soviet Union is quite, you know, tight lipped about those kind of things. So I'm not sure. Sure. <laughs> if there's more accidents or not on re-entry yes technically all of their astronauts have survived yet somehow no one's ever seen any of them after they came back <laughs> supposedly uh, <laughs> yes they arrived and they were safe and they were happy and they're living happily ever after now in a cottage we get somewhere. an example of that in this movie we do yeah because later on he sees in the news that the, the, the media is like oh yes they arrived and they're healthy and they're at re <laughs> a rehab centre getting back in their feet maybe this movie's trying to tell us something mm, maybe Maybe. Anyway. Yeah. So it comes, it comes to uh, uh, Tatiana, uh, and she's at like, a, a hearing. She's being essentially given into some serious trouble because she saved some. She tried to drown a child, right? <laughs> yes, but to save his life, it's, it, it, it fixed what was wrong with him. Yes. By any means necessary. It sounds pretty awful, actually. Hi, she got like results. Right away we're introduced to her character as somebody who tries to drown children for science. To save his <laughs> life. I think that's the important part here. Um, yeah. He just had hiccups that would not go away. Well, it's, what's interesting is she's recruited here yeah, by the colonel. And later on, the implication from him is that he picked her because she did anything it took to save the person's life. But in reality, what I think he actually recruited her for is that she was willing to do extreme things and maybe mm -hmm. would not question some of the darker elements to the uh, you know, the experiments that he's kind of engaging in. Right. Uh, I think that's kind of the point. But she's basically told, look, we've got this astronaut who just came back and 
he's suffering from this, this, and this. He doesn't actually tell her what's really going on. She gets flown out there and driven to this base and goes in to talk to the astronaut who's in, like, a sort of, you know, a glass, like, box, essentially. And he, you know, he has no memory of what happened past a certain point. She doesn't basically think there's anything that's surreal about it. She comes out and she's like, this was a waste of my time. He's got PTSD. It's not, I mean, it's, like, okay, it's serious, but it's normal. It's not something that I had to fly out of the, of the city and come to some weird, like, top secret base to give my opinion on, like, this really mm-hmm. isn't a big deal. And the Carl's like, well, okay, fine, but you can go back tomorrow. You can stay the night. Which is, is clearly is very intentional because he wants to show her what happens at night time. And it's when he shows her what happens around 3 a.m., which is this creature, the Sputnik, I guess we'll call it, uh, comes out of the astronaut's mouth. Like he's yeah. vomiting it up. Oh, it's very gross. And it kind of gets bigger. It kind of unravels. And it's got like two long front legs right imagine mm-hmm. someone who like walks on their arms this is sort of those type of legs and then the back's not got any legs the back's got more of a tail that kind of sleeks around uh but it's got like a you know sort of a wide head and blah blah, blah. it but it's really icky and this is like sets up the premise of the movie and the colonel has this conversation with her and i thought this was quite interesting this idea that it it always goes back in though. It comes out for like a couple hours and then it goes back in the host's mm-hmm. mouth. And physically, the astronaut's is the best he's ever been. If anything, he's he's healthier. He's like, it's like it's actually improving his health. Mm-hmm. And they want to figure out a way to separate it. And one of the lies she's told early on in the film is that it just feeds off whatever the astronaut's eating, right? Yeah, like a tapeworm. Yeah, pretty much. But. Uh, later on, she starts questioning the initial footage of of what what's going on. Uh, like like some of it's been edited. It's like it's like it's actually been censored for her use. It's like, well, I'm supposed to be the head, like you know, person on this project, <laughs> trying to figure this out, and you're not letting me have all the information. It's kind of making my job a bit tough. Uh, but there's you know, there's a lot of stuff where she's trying to get to know him. She kind of prods his buttons a little bit. Uh, when she finds out about the the fact that he's got an illegitimate son she kind of like brings that up and says oh you know you 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 could have chosen to go and like be a father but instead you no i'm going to go to the space program instead you you threw away that responsibility you what you did what you wanted to do and it would tarnish your perfect record because one of the things that i was really noticing throughout this is the way they kept calling him a hero it was kind of this ubiquitous thing where like it was just taken for granted it was kind of like uh You know, because you know, obviously it's a really normal thing for someone to say thank you for your service, right? It was like mm-hmm. that, but turned up to like a living where everyone would refer to him as a hero uh, at every step of the way. Yeah, I mean, well, look at the look at the time that this is based in during the space race and constantly trying to outdo the Americans and get people into space, get people to the moon. I mean, at this time we'd already been there, but like it still has that, like these are the best of the best of the best you know, that we send to, to space. And I think, I think, yeah, probably all astronauts are probably considered like heroes of the Soviet Union. Oh, no, I definitely think so. But that, that was kind of the point I was trying to make though, was it, it came across like, as like a weird self-perpetuating propaganda rather than mm-hmm. anyone actually believing he's a hero for being an astronaut. It's probably just like a lot of the stuff at that time. It's all very surface yeah. layered. 
it's not. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's kind of what I was meaning is that it was just there was yeah. this sort of thing that everyone just accepted to was expected to say about him. Um, yes. But in actual fact, he's been held captive and he has no rights and he's never going to like really get out or <laughs> have his yeah. life back. Yeah. Uh, so some hero he is, you know. Right, uh, and she's she's like bringing up this whole thing about his uh, about his kid in the orphanage because she's trying to get a rise out of him. It's supposed to be to like see how he how he and the alien react to his stress levels going up but actually we find out there's another motivation later on oh for sure yeah uh, in fact and one of the things is that she recommends that he actually try to have more of a normal life meaning that he's not in a cell during the day because it's not he's not actually a risk to anyone during the day it's only at night time when the alien comes out so she's like now give him a normal room give him some luxuries let him speak to people so on and so on and mm-hmm. when he goes to his new room like he says to her, I, I didn't know about the kid. Like I only found out about the kid like a week before I was lifting off, and like I'd been training for years for this. Like, you know, yeah. my intention was always to go and like you know deal with it after I came back. Um, and from the sounds of it, from the scene we had earlier on, it did sound like that. You know, we didn't know what he was talking yeah. about at the time, but it sounded like that. You know, he's got business to take care of. So he's going. Can you imagine that. if you're an orphan, like not knowing who your parents are or if they're still alive? And then, like, the hero of the Soviet Union astronaut <laughs> shows up and picks you up. It'd be a pretty great day. I mean, if you're living in the Soviet Union, it may be a bit weird if you were living elsewhere. Yeah, like, you grew up in Australia, you're like, who's, who's, who's my father? And one day, some astronaut from the Soviet Union shows up. You come to Russia with me. <laughs> I don't know why that would ever happen, but yes, <laughs> that would be weirder. <laughs> well, I had a fling with an Australian woman once, I don't know. Oh, okay. I suppose that's possible. So, like, it, it sets all this stuff up, and he—I mean, we actually find out later. He's—he's he's not actually telling the truth. He—he he does remember what's happening. He knows he's got an alien inside him. But up until mm-hmm. this, you know, up until a bit further on in the movie, everyone's under the impression he has no idea that he's got yeah. this thing inside him. But I think the reason he's doing that is because he doesn't want people to know that he and the alien are connected through their mind also because that would put some of what the alien does on him yeah well, make him look bad it's quite soon after this where they're doing a test where at night uh tatiana actually asks for the the glass to be removed she wants to actually go into the room with the alien uh because she recognizes that the alien's looking at this uh this this like toy that he had in his cell mm-hmm. And it's something that remains of the guilt of the son. So it's like, and that's how she kind of figures out that they're they're connected mentally. There's a there's a they're basically both the same entity that are connected. Uh, and the aliens staying out for just a little bit longer each night, just a minute here, a minute there, and you know maybe at some point it's going to just be like forever. It'll just you know that's it. It's it's on its own now. Um, it's also just like a this is the astronaut's like surrogate son in a way too. Like he's got an entity that he wants to take care of that makes him better like it needs to be protected and and i think that the toy like watching the alien play with the toy that's meant for his kid is is just the movie's way of showing that well what something that stuck out to me what i think the movie's doing in a metaphorical level is later on when he's when it's out in the open that he knows what he's what's happening he's talking to her about it later on he talks about the alien essentially being him, but without any obligations or responsibilities or any uh, empathy or anything like that. Yeah. And I thought that was a really important sentence in the movie, because if you look at the, the both of these two characters, or two main characters, he mm. was basically 
thirsted upon with this this huge responsibility when he found out he had a son. He was, all of a sudden he had this huge obligation, um, and then on top of that, Tatiana has this obligation she always feels to save someone's life. That she has this responsibility to like, go no matter what because she she wants to walk away multiple times during this because it's this crazy thing. But she's always kind of tempted back in at the idea that you know you're going to be saving someone, you're going to be doing what you do for someone else, and then the idea of the Soviet Union, all everything's for the you know everything's for the uh, the state, right? Everything's for yeah. so this idea that we all have obligations. So having the lack of obligations and responsibility, being a literal monster who bites people's heads off. And this is the monster of what someone is without obligation and responsibility. And I'm not saying the movie's pro-Soviet Union, more just that this is, like, the the dark side. If you don't have your own responsibility, if you don't have, like, a sense of purpose in what you're supposed to do, this is essentially the horrible face of what you would be. Uh, mm. But obviously it's a movie, so it's literal. It's a literal monster <laughs> that represents right. this. Right, right. Uh, so... That's I, the beauty of genre films. Yeah, I thought that's that's kind of what it was doing uh, for the most part, and you know maybe it ties in a little bit to the to the uh, you know the, the Soviet. Maybe, you know, maybe that's why it's set in 1983. Like it wants to thematically tie some points to that that time. I period. think so. Yeah, I think that's definitely intentional. Yeah. So no, it's uh, that's, that's cool stuff. Um, she does get attacked though. Uh, she slips. She tries to touch it when it's like playing with a toy. Uh, she tries to touch it and uh, she slips and the thing just freaks out and like you know I don't think it bites into her leg but it grabs her leg and her leg's bleeding and she's like dragged out uh, there's a lot of blood yeah pretty, pretty nasty uh, from here the movie kind of like t- takes us into the moral side of things because we find out that it's not just eating what he eats it's you know she talks to the doctor who hates her guts because she's kind of and there is kind of a side to him where you're thinking maybe he's actually being a dickhead kind of for, like, out of, like... Her own uh, protection? Yeah, like, he's, he's constantly trying to convince her to leave because one of the elements that's brought up is that the Soviet state has not authorised anything that's happening here. The colonel's mm-hmm. doing all this on his own and sending fake reports back to say, oh, everything's going well and he's rehabilitating. They don't know about the alien and basically when they find out they might just kind of court-martial him and string him up for it like yeah he, he's hoping that he's going to get results that are like hey we, we've basically developed a new weapon that can help us you know oh his be, his be intentions aren't to save the astronaut the hero <laughs> no it's all about weapons it's all about having the best and the baddest and the uh, biggest weapon what a twist yeah <laughs> what one could say he's kind of he's kind of like uh it's almost like if an alien's Paul Reiser wasn't working for an evil company. He was just doing it on his own <laughs> and then hoped that Will, Will and Jutani would like the fact that he's snu- smuggled back an alien. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the idea. Is like, he's assuming that the Soviet state will be like, yeah, this is a great idea. Oh, yeah, alien? Oh, yeah, let's, let's fire that at the, uh, <laughs> the Yanks. <laughs> That'll go great. Right. I like the way the, uh, the alien's mouth is like, kind of like a big vagina with teeth right like because it, it it's it's there's a small part on his head but then it whole his whole like chest opens up to a big mouth with the rows and rows of teeth that like instantly decapitates its victims i think they said like he if it doesn't actually eat humans it just feeds off of their cortisol like from from high stress situations 
from fear specifically. Like death. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it was, it's like, it's not enough to kill the person. It has to make them scared first. Yes. Uh, and that's what, what it feeds on. Uh, that comes up a little bit later because that's after we actually see how they're feeding it, which is they're at, they've got like, there's like a, it's a the, the base they're on is actually part of a prison or it's next to a prison or something to that effect. I and think they said they bring in prisoners as yeah. part of like a work thing. Yeah, and they they basically bring in a, a prisoner, put it in a cage with it. The prisoner gets terrified, and I love the first time you see it bite off someone's head. It's through like, the night vision goggles, so yeah. you, you don't see it in full detail. You but you do see the spray of blood from the neck when it pops yeah, off. The heat. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, I I thought all the decapitation scenes were like pretty well executed as far as well it's probably the wrong choice of words or the Execu- right. executed you say <laughs> <laughs> but like i thought the the blood was just enough just enough gore mm-hmm. to make it kind of cartoonish just that it just hit that level but gross well that's the thing when she actually confronts him about it later because he kind of reveals that he knows she was watching mm-hmm. um he basically tries to justify it by saying no we're feeding the prisoners like that, that guy who you saw get his head bit off uh, raped his 12 year old neighbor like like he's a monster are you saying you're pro rape because you want him to live <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah that's essentially what he was, he was sort of throwing her face yeah. uh and you know it, it brings up this thing where she's not really willing to let this happen so she actually tries to uh stop the next one she she steps in the cage and basically says look if i'm not scared then it won't want to eat me so she just sort of stands there and like, tries to convince herself, I'm not scared, I'm not scared. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the prisoner who's in there... Is scared. Is scared. Eventually, like, you know, makes a noise and the, the thing it just kills him anyway. But it's, it's a pretty tense sequence. It's not bad. I think it's in between that and the last one, though, where she actually tries to, like, tell. Because there's a moment earlier on where the astronaut tries to ask, like, what they're really doing here. Because he, he suspects enough to know that it's not just trying to save him. Or, like, you know, monitor him. And she says, I can't tell you, but I do have your best interests at heart. But she actually, she says, let's come for a jog. And she sort of tries to tell him some of it. And I think it's in between these two prison murders where he actually sneaks out of his room one night with her and, like, shows her where they're keeping the other astronaut who's barely alive. Uh, and all of the, the, the science documents and all the x-rays and everything. And he's like, no, I know what's going on here. And he, he talks about it. He knows that they're feeding the prisoners. And he says that's not on him. Again, it's the idea of this monster being a lack of responsibility. Uh, mm-hmm. He's trying to like pass it off. It's not, well, it's not my responsibility that they're, they're feeding the humans and prisoners. Like that, that's, I didn't make that choice. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. So she, she's horrified by, by the idea of this. and uh, But he, he, even in this scene, he says, no, he wants to get home, A, to like, visit his mother because his, his mother lives alone, and also to get his son. Like, he, he has to be there for his son. So there is kind of, like, even though she's kind of scared in this scene and it's kind of tense, there, there is a... There's a relatable, empathetic goal that he has. Even mm-hmm. though it comes off a little bit sinister in this scene. Uh, but... For the most part, like, he comes off as a nice guy. Like, he never really came off to me as somebody who was sinister. Now, it was only in this scene, because he got very kind of close to her, and she was kind of starting to question that he was okay with the prisoners dying, uh, mm-hmm. and, and so on. Because uh, he was just kind of biding his time, thinking, oh, well, they're going to keep... Like, in a week or two's time, the the, you know, the the review board from the Soviets are going to come in and, like, see what's happening and shut everything down. Yeah. How many more pedophiles can he eat in that amount of time, I suppose? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I'll admit, uh, you know, once I found out who he was eating, I was like, eh, it's not great, loss. I mean, I'm not saying I'm, I'm all for feed, feeding people, but, you know, if you're going to pick someone. <laughs> they said they tried rabbits. Um, mm. I think other, like blood transfusions or something, but that's not it. It's not enough. It needs people. Yeah, the rabbits don't get scared enough. Is that? <laughs> is it? Is it? Do you I think rabbits are made of cortisol. Like I don't. Know. Is it maybe the though that they have to be like intelligent enough to feel the type of fear that's potent <laughs> for the creature? I don't know. Maybe. Like yeah, sure, a rabbit can get scared, but it's not like this is this is horror movie rules. It has to be humans. Very much. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Our cortisol is just just here. <laughs> like that sweet sweet stress hormone uh but the last chunk of the movie and then you know the doctor who's been kind of a dick he actually ends up helping them escape and even to the point where he kind of makes the sacrifice thing where he stays behind and basically calls into like the you know i don't know the authorities essentially uh what's going on before the uh evil colonel kills him and the colonel gets a bunch of soldiers and they come after them and we get kind of almost like an Incredible Hulk style thing where the mm-hmm. astronaut makes the choice to like let the alien out to like fight the soldiers. Uh, yeah. So the the reason that he knows that the the alien chose him and not his his Sputnik his his co pilot was because he uh, that guy is sick. He's got a terminal disease of some type. Mm. So the doctor has prepared a syringe that will mimic that disease, so that the host will. Or the parasite alien will reject its host, presumably. Yeah. Uh, but then we also know that when that happens, the astronaut's condition worsens and he'll probably die. Yeah, he's kind of slowly dying for the last chunk of the movie. But the colonel does get his uh, arm or his hand like bit off in the chaos when it's attacking all the soldiers, which is good fun. Uh, they do get outside in a car and there's a bit of a chase. The colonel shows up after and the alien, you know, gets to kill him i thought it was interesting mm-hmm. that the alien like the alien itself doesn't have much of an ending because we see it kill the colonel like it jumps at the colonel and we see the spray of blood yeah and it's dying also yeah the um, alien is dying because it's been sprayed with bullets but it's kind of this like you know sad moment where she's kind of holding him and he's he's like you know he's got like black goo coming out of his mouth it's not even just blood it's like a you know different mm-hmm. substance and it's it, like um I can't, I can't remember his name. Uh-huh. The uh, the puddle of evil. Oh yeah, from uh, Star Trek. Armis. The the <laughs> culprits, the suspect, and the murder of one Tasha Yar. Yes, I recall. I recall. Yes, that's what I think of when I see black goo. Yeah. Um, so we Armis. have to explain. We have to explain the subplot though that was going throughout the movie. Because. About halfway through the film, it starts cutting to... And I think you're supposed to assume it's his son who's at I an did. orphanage, yeah. Uh, you did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he's in a wheelchair. I mean, he's, he still st- stands up. Uh, so he's he's not, like, completely bound to the wheelchair, but he's, you know, he typically sits in a wheelchair, and, you know. And basically, he's been a menace to the, the, the woman who works at the front desk, the reception area, this, this orphanage. Because he keeps trying to like climb up on the shelves and get something. She's always having to like kick him out and like send him back to bed and so on. And it's it's basically to show the kids' determination and just how how like the 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 just the 
again, kind of like the obligation and the drive to succeed. Like we talked yeah. about another character, which is very relevant because the twist at the end is that this is actually not present day in the time of the movie. It's not 1983. It's actually, you know, I don't know, 25 years ago, whatever it is. Uh, it's the, you know, it's the main character. Because at the end, when the nurse says, oh, there's a family who's coming to maybe adopt you, uh, she turns around, boy. yeah, turns around and says, "I'm not, I'm not a boy. My name's Tanya." Um, and then it cuts to like Tatiana arriving at the orphanage to adopt mm-hmm. the astronaut's son. Um, and it's really pr- the movie's really proud of itself because it cuts to the title with the dun, yeah, dun, <laughs> uh, so. The movie's proud of its ending. It's like, oh, we just had a great twist. It's emotional. And she's <laughs> adopting the kid. And she was an orphan too. And she had that drive her whole life. And she succeeded yeah. no matter what. We did see like a giant scar along her spinal column. And like, uh, she is also very much a runner. She's always running. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of focus on her shoes, her running shoes. And then the, what the kid is trying to get out of the closet is his, well, what we think is his, her running shoes from presumably before an accident where it caused her to be semi-paralyzed yeah so yeah no i mean the end the endings uh so i i almost wonder if it just needed a bigger crescendo in the third act Mm -hmm. like i mean the alien coming out and like attacking the soldiers is fun but i don't know if it's as fun as it could be like i don't know if it's maybe quite the payoff that we would have been hoping for well the ending is really the, the astronaut who who makes the decision to kill the alien himself, even though it's going to take his life too. Yeah. For the greater good. Yeah, the idea that life without, you know, responsibility and, and mm-hmm. empathy and obligations is not really life at all. Um, yeah. And accepting that that... And, you know, again, that's the metaphor, right? The idea that he was a free spirit who had... I mean, obviously he had other obligations as any person does, but the idea of, like, finding out he's, going, he's a father now and he has to take care of it, that's kind of, that is kind of the death of his free version of himself. You know, so again, to go to the metaphor that this is his making the choice. Now, obviously, he doesn't actually have to stick around and live with that consequence because, mm-hmm. you know, he literally dies too. But I, I think, you know, there's something there with the metaphor that I think you can read into. Which, yeah. you know, that, that's yeah, solid enough. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Did you like when he kind of flirts with the... It was like a receptionist outside his room and he kind of... He's not allowed in the hallway... And he kind of like oh, just yeah. stands at the door and he's like, hey, yeah, you know, and he's like kind of flirting a little bit. And he's like, you know, I'm watching, they give me some videotapes, but like, it's, you know, it's kind of boring watching them on your own. He's like, I'm not allowed. And it cuts and she's just like sleeping on his shoulder. Like, was this your <laughs> plan smooth. to make make her fall asleep? Like, how did you know she'd fall asleep? Because this is when he's escaping out of his room to go and show Tatiana the Oh, no, because he, 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 gave, he gave her his tea, which had the pills that he crushed up. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, right. Yeah. He did the whole point of, yeah, not taking his pills. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Either that or he's just so boring. <laughs> Put a boring movie on and she fell asleep. The first movie he was watching did seem quite boring. It actually it got me thinking about like what people in Soviet the Soviet Union were allowed to watch. Like, did they get a lot of like American movies or was it all homegrown right. stuff that you know that fit the message that they would approve? Yeah. Would they even get Star Trek? I mean Chekhov was in it. Maybe they got season two. Maybe. <laughs> Or they just combine all the scenes of Chekhov's reaction into one, one episode. <laughs> I don't know. Star Trek was pretty progressive. I don't know if that's something that the Soviet Union would have been on board with. Yeah, maybe. Well, 
I mean, it is a socialist future in Star Trek. Uh, true, true. Uh, <laughs> you, you make a point. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe it would be would have made the good list. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it's a socialist future with a strong military presence. Do you know what, actually, do you know what I think maybe making this movie lack a little bit? Outside of maybe the, the lack of a crescendo in the third act to make it, you know, feel like it's mm-hmm. even more bombastic in terms of just how fun the alien is killing people when you realise it's on our side now, like we're kind of rooting for it, is that I think the main character, the astronaut, I mean, like I think he, if he was just a bit more likeable, and it's not that he's unlikable necessarily. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think he's, he's like someone that, strikes me as oh i don't care about this asshole or whatever he's not like that at all but yeah i think if it was just a little bit more endearing like if i actually found myself actively liking him and wanting him to like survive and yeah i mean he they sort of had a little like chemistry between the two leads that looked like they were trying to make some kind of a love story they never kissed or anything like yeah. that but he's clearly into her because she's pretty and she want. I mean, I think she just sees him as a patient who wants, like, but she's so determined she wants to help him. He's a bit bland, I think is what I'm saying. Like, he's likable yeah, enough, you know but who, he's bland. Who, you know who he kind of reminds me of? Um, the lead, George Seagull in um, The Terminal Man. Okay. It's kind of similar. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Which was, was kind of a problem with him, is that he's 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 fine, he's not unlikable, but he's not, yeah. like, super likable either. He he's also like, flirts with a nurse. True, true, true. <laughs> Um, there was a lot. I, I remember a lot more of that in Terminal Man, admittedly, <laughs> compared yeah. to this. But yeah, I can see the comparison. Um, I, I think it's 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 one of those things where I feel like it felt constrained in the third act because when I talk about it being more bombastic or doing more fun stuff, um, maybe just a simple case of like I don't know, it needed to make me like the main character more, make me hate the villain a bit more. And make it feel like a real, I don't know, like, 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 it, like, I felt like the death of the villain should have been more cathartic than it was. As it was, I was kind of like, oh yeah, this makes sense, yeah, Alien gets to kill the villain. But I wasn't like, yeah. I mean, it was slow. <laughs> Took his arm off first, before he popped True. his head open. Yeah, but I'm talking a bit more about just how much I cared, I guess. Which was, again, not, I didn't, I didn't not care, but I wasn't like super invested either yeah. uh I, I guess the best way to describe it is that i feel positive in an objective sense but very lukewarm in every other sense mm-hmm. lukewarm okay. it's fine it's comfortable yeah it's comfortable i don't matter i watched that i probably won't think about it too much ever again yeah maybe i i did like the alien design i like that it when it goes inside, it's basically the size of a football inside his stomach or his chest. Mm-hmm. And so it just wraps, like the design of it so that it just wraps up so neatly inside of him was kind of a neat idea. I wonder if the uh, the premise of this came from like, the watching Alien and, you know, the, I mean, whoever worked in this just turned to their, their friend and said, Hey, what if it went back in? <laughs> <laughs> up the butt? <laughs> <laughs> There is a movie like that, actually. Uh, cue Christopher Walken uh, from Pulp Fiction saying, "Up the ass." Uh, uh, I don't want. I don't want to say because it might be a spoiler, but there is a Stephen King movie that we'll have to watch. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm intrigued. 
I'm I know you haven't seen it. My mind's uh, racing with the possibilities. I've got a guess or two. I don't want to say it on the show, though, just in case I'm right and it's a yeah. spoiler. So, but I'm intrigued. It's not a good movie. Maybe it'd be a good bonus episode. We'll see. We'll see. We haven't really picked this month's bonus episode yet, but there is one coming. We're doing coming. transfers. What are you talking about? Are we doing transfers this month? Hell yeah. Okay, okay we're doing transfers five this month then for patrons. Uh, yes. Which I'm sure Tara promoted the $1 tier with the, the extra movie every month. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was too busy making a face and trying to distract you to actually listen to what you were saying. Were you thinking about your face? I often do. <laughs> yeah, I think about my face too. To quote John Lithgow, I'm gorgeous! <laughs> Alright. I think it's time for rating. <laughs> rating this? Okay. Um... It's not bad. It's not bad. It, mm-hmm. I, I think it's very watchable. Uh, I just, I wish I felt a bit more invested in the characters and a little bit more, like, this is going to sound silly, but, like, I do feel like if they bonded a little bit to the point where they smelled at each other, just a touch, I might have really cared about them a bit more than what it was. Like, they're just yeah. so dev- devoid of, like, like happiness. Or even, like, the prospect of happiness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. What, what, are you, what are you giving Sputnik? I think it's a, I think it's a good movie. I think it's pretty good. Um, it, I didn't know what I was getting. Um, the reviews, uh, not reviews, but, like, the rating on Rotten Tomato was kind of high, which is, I think, why we decided to do this one. Mm. But I, I mean, I, I, I have all the same criticisms that you do. I still enjoyed watching it. I'm never going to watch it again. Um, I don't think it will stick with me just because I watched it like three days ago and I could barely remember it. <laughs> Except for some of the some of the things I liked. But anyway, it's it's good. Not great. Um, I'm going to go 6.5. That's fair. Uh, I'm not going too much slower. I, I, I'm probably going to go with a straight 6. Uh, which is, yeah, it's perfectly watchable and mm-hmm. uh, not without some merit. Uh, it's interesting to see another country pulling off a movie like this and seeing like how they tackle it. And maybe the 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 lack of any like smiles is you know indicative of of the of the, the Russian way of making <laughs> a movie. And maybe for certain movies that works, but I don't know if it did in this case so much. Maybe it's. I guess more of a heart because I think that's the thing is the ending is really banking on the heart because mm-hmm. it's all about her going to look after his kid. That's that's you know unequivocally that's about heart, and I think yeah. the movie's so devoid of it up until that point that it just it doesn't feel like it fits with it. <laughs> so yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I think maybe she she smiles in that scene. I think she does. I think she smiles at the ending. Yeah. Okay. So we uh, got one. And they go for an equilibrium thing where the main character doesn't smell because th- in the equilibrium at the very least that's the point is that he doesn't feel emotions for you know mm-hmm. a lot of film uh we have to do equilibrium at some point we've brought it up in a few reviews now <laughs> you keep bringing it up <laughs> is that you saying you don't want to watch it <laughs> i mean i've seen it before i remember it being quite a boys movie i could definitely see that but i mean yeah hey sean bean dies in it that's right. For, that's that's not a spoiler. Sean being in something means that he's going to die in it, right? That's just the rule. That's true. If he doesn't die, it's a spoiler. Yeah, Sean being dies in everything. 
Is that a, is that like a ringtone or like an actual bird outside? Um, it's my ringtone. It's a notification. That's okay. It's not a bad ringtone notification. It just. Well, I forgot to turn it on silent. Ah, uh, it's very unprofessional. Quite right. How dare you? How dare you? Uh, but okay. There you go. That's uh, our discussion of Sputnik, which does actually clock in at one of the shortest movie discussions we've ever had, believe it or not. Which is maybe like an hour long. Which is maybe an indictment of the movie. I mean, we're only at 53 minutes right now. That's... Given that most of our episodes are about 90 minutes, this is, you know... We haven't had any that are shorter? Well, well we have a couple Maybe the clo- bonus episodes are shorter. Yeah, but we have a couple that are closer to an hour, but like... Yeah, I think it says something that, you know, we don't have as much to say about it. I mean, I think that is worth mentioning. So, yeah. Uh, but there you go, if you made it this far in the review, put the word COMRADE into the comments. Thank you. Even use it in a sentence if you wish. Uh, but yes, COMRADE. Uh, I'm going to make Tara do a pose for the thumbnail, so Tara, if you could uh, make sure your head's not cut off, which it isn't anyway. Uh, if anything, lean forward a little bit. <laughs> so you're not too small in the frame. So All right. Three, two, one, pause. <laughs> I think that was far too much of a smile for this movie, but you know what? I'll let it away. I'll let it away with it. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I should do it again. <laughs> yeah, it's all, ultra, ultra miserable and serious and uh, everything's grey. Grey, 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 grey. There's no other colours in the, 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 the colour scale. It's all grey. As someone who has been to Russia, I could say yes. That checks out. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, you can, of course, let us know what you thought of the movie if you've seen it in the comments. Please do like, like, and super important on YouTube. It's a nice, easy, and free way to support us. But of course, financially, you can do so. We mentioned earlier, patreon.com slash TV. Catch us on Twitter at the Ace Podcast as Tara is audibly yawning into the <laughs> I'm mic. So sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, once it gets started, I can't stop. Poof. Oh, what? What an episode of this show. Was there anything else I wanted to I don't know. Tara, promote something. Promote something else that we do. Um, we have a new show that we are watching. Um, it is Babylon 5, and you can find it on the already cancelled feed. So, if you already are listening to our Twilight Zone reviews on that on that show now you could expect Babylon 5 reviews fun yeah look at that uh you got Babylon 5 coming uh in fact when this goes up the first one is already up for patrons because they get it a week early and then uh, it'll be up next week the first episode will be up next week for everyone else on YouTube so Woo. yeah look forward to that uh so there you go that is the atomic cinema experiment this episode may actually clock under an hour uh, by the time I've finished doing the outro here, so. <laughs> I don't know why this is a big deal. Can't we have some episodes that are under an hour? If you're not, if you're not at least eighty percent of the runtime of the movie, then what's the point? Like, what was even the point? Good night, everybody. <laughs> Thank you very much for watching, and listening. We always appreciate it. I'm about to get in trouble if I don't end this now. So, uh, keep watching sci-fi and computer at salsa. Comrade.